Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hope. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors, and this is my YouTube channel and podcast, Helping Other People Evolve. Today, I have my beautiful friend, Aaliyah, with me. Hi, Aaliyah. How are you? I'm good. Good. So a few weeks ago, I went to an event. It was called um, Nate Hicks Acoustic Vibes. So it was one of those events I went to by myself. Um, I do that sometimes. And I always know that God's going to put the right people in my life, no matter what. I really wasn't going there to look for a story of hope, but I found actually five stories of hope there, which was amazing. Well, I got to sit at the table with Aaliyah and her friend and another girl that we didn't know. And um, we just struck up a conversation and started sharing a little bit. And she has um, hope is kind of her word, too. So it was really cool. So just so everybody knows, um, in case you don't, my mission and vision with hope is just to help people that feel like they're struggling alone. I feel like especially in the world today, there's so many people at home sitting on their couch, laying in their bed, not wanting to get up, feeling like their struggle is so horrible that they can't get up, unfortunately. And unfortunately, a lot of people go through struggles, but fortunately, we get to a strength and to be able to tell our story of hope. Mm -hmm. I always say that I'm not at my strength completely, but I'm getting there. And if you could see somebody's struggle that got to a strength, maybe you can get outside that day and maybe just take a deep breath and know that you can get through your day. So I don't really know a lot about Aaliyah's story, yeah. but um, <laughs> will you share with everybody a little bit when I told you about hope and what you said about that? Yeah, um, I think the first thing that came to my mind is that like, so my nickname since I was little is, has been Ladybug, um, given to me by my aunt. And this past last summer, I was like doing some research into ladybugs. And one of the words that they actually are a symbol for is hope. And I was like, Ooh, that resonates with me in my story. So it just like meant more. And then um, I would walk past this building every day to work and literally like spray paint it on the side. One day I saw it in purple. It was like hope. So mm-hmm. it's just something that's that's been, been with me. Actually. Yeah. So that that was kind of like our first like when I said because her friend I t- was telling your friend I think you were up talking to somebody and mm-hmm. I, I was telling her and then she sat down and said hope and you were like oh so so yeah so so I guess let's just start um I mean I know you, you come from a pretty good sized family you yeah. said yeah and um I guess just kind of your childhood growing up and where your you know your struggles went and how you how you're getting to a strength for sure um I'd say childhood wise I grew up in a family of nine kids um so there's 11 of us in the house um, we all grew up together. I grew up in Georgia, actually. So it was a lot different from like the Ohio area. Um, I was used to running outside barefoot and, you know, yeah. just kind of having that like that freedom. Um, but just trying to see what childhood was like. I'm the middle child of those nine set kids. So that's interesting. It's an interesting spot to be in. Um I think like, you know, sometimes it's like you're too young for the older kids, but you're too old for the younger kids. So it kind of just put me in a frustrating um, spot. But I would say like Georgia was pretty, I have good memories uh-huh. in Georgia. Um, I moved to Ohio when I was 10, right okay. before I turned 10. Okay. So that's right before teenage uh-huh. years and, you know, everything like that. I didn't understand why we moved either. I didn't learn why we moved until a few years after. So I kind of felt pulled away from everything that I was familiar to. Um, and Ohio is vastly different from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> so like there was just so many like abrupt changes and, and shocks. And like, I was just like, ah, you know, my parents are frustrated and whatnot. But as a child, you don't know why. Right. You don't know why. Right. Do, so I'm just taking it personally. Right. Um, and that was an interesting shift. Um, I would say like, I got really quiet after a while moving here. 
um, school-wise around those years that we moved here. Like I got bullied, so it started to get bullied. So that was also a new experience on top of um, moving, you know? Right, right. Um, and I'm a pretty nice person. Right. So it was just, it wasn't like bullied in the sense of like, ah, I just want to belittle you. It was more so like, I don't know. I, I got good grades. Uh, you know, I cared about my work and mm-hmm. kids are like, what are you doing, bro? You're weird. And so, right, right. That's kind of like, even as adults, that happens, like, yeah. right, when you're doing well and this and that, and you get those people that are those negative yeah, and naysayers like, and I, trying to bring you down with them, is what I feel like. like. I'm just here reminding my Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it was just an interesting transition. And I think the way in which it like had long term effects on me is I got really quiet. Um, started to kind of deal with depression, Mm -hmm. um, which I'll go back around to that. But like my family, my immediate family wasn't like used to seeing that. So up close and personal, Mm -hmm. I guess, or at least I wasn't aware that they were. Um, And so, yeah, I think just kind of all those frustrations, I'm growing into a teenager. I still can't hang out with my older siblings. I don't really want to hang out with my younger siblings kind of find myself in my room a lot, like mm-hmm. my, all the time. Like my mom would force me out of my room. Mm. Um, just alone, finding my own vices and whatnot. Um, and so after a while, that depression kind of took a turn into self-harm. Okay. Um, and that was just like my way to cope. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, pretty much it, I don't know, it just grew into an overall coping mechanism. At first it was just, um, taking in everybody's frustration. I'm an empath. So taking yeah. in like everyone's frustrations. Um, but also I didn't have a, a strong and or healthy self-image. And so I took a lot personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, if I can hurt me first, mm-hmm. then nothing that you can do will hurt me worse Ooh. than this, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so that's the mindset that I mm-hmm. carried. And that's very destructive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very destructive, but that became like, my teenage years pretty much up until I moved out at 18 like off and on my parents they didn't know at first um and then one day I just kind of blew up and told them because my dad just texted me at the wrong moment um and it was it was just such an interesting time because again they're not used to this they're especially not used to self-harm sure so like my parents though weren't necessarily taught how to handle situations like that mm-hmm. or handle someone you love, like literally hurting themselves, right. you know? Yeah. And so we, we weren't always on the same, we more often than not, we're not on the same page right. and just communication and lack of communication. And what do you need, um, you know, um, help with, or, right. you know, like I right. didn't know how to do they that. They didn't know how to do that. They were more like, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. is wrong with you? I mean, it's I, not, I, it's sort of like right. a cycle. Yeah. I want to, I want to just touch something that you said there. Cause I've never heard it explained like that. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I hurt myself, no one else can hurt me. Mm-hmm. I've never really heard it explained like that. Like I've heard a lot of people I've talked to, you know, I had, like I said, my, I was telling you, my niece was a self-harmer too. Mm-hmm. And um, it was always like, it was just like, the release, which yeah. I, I get that part of it. I mean, I, I feel like back in the day, I might have self-harmed a little bit, mm-hmm. like now that I think about it, mm-hmm. you know, but not as, I didn't get into an addiction of yeah. it because it is an addiction. It is very much you so. You know, but I've never heard anybody put it like that. And that makes so much sense to me because I'm an empath too. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. And it's almost like even doing that, but also blocking the world off. Because if you yes. block everybody off, who can hurt you? Exactly. Nobody can hurt you. Exactly. Right? So yeah, that's, that's really powerful to hear put like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyways, now 
high school, things like that. High school. Oh, high school for me. Because we're like in that stage, yeah. right? So started to to kind of, you know, depression is here. Self-harm is here through high school. Um, I was also kind of discovering, and I'll be open about this as well, like my sexuality mm-hmm. and such like that. So I'm literally like, the perfect way to define me is the black sheep of my family. Okay. You got depression. I already hit my parents with that. Stressed out. Self-harm, stressed out. Like, I'm just... I'm the artsy, like, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Artsy one as well. Um, and then my sexuality and me realizing that I'm also attracted to females. And they're like, what <laughs> is going on? Right. <laughs> like, it's, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and so then that came into play into this pool of things because I'm also a Christian. And so I go to church and I go to a Christian school mm-hmm. and um, it just began to affect literally just literally everything. And so that then became a trigger that would trigger my depressive episode or trigger my self-harm. And so I just like literally kind of mentally put myself in a bubble mm-hmm. um, to where it's, mm, I don't know. Cause I'm not really like, I'm not really a hard demeanor person. I'm very soft, honestly. Right. But in that time I was like intentionally teaching myself how to like pardon myself mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. how to not be phased at least in front of people, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I take those like that self-harm or, or even just the depressive episodes in the absence of self-harm just became like the moments where I would release my emotion. Mm-hmm. But like, if anybody interrupted that or if like, I'm, I'm shutting down, mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't want to deal with that. And so that, um, that's a lot to carry on the inside because it's not like a regulated release right. of emotion. Right. So there's so much that's just stacking on top of the other um, and throughout high school, I think the way that, that showed up was either, again, me being quiet and in my bedroom um, and or I, I did get into um, not get into, but I did slip into like that suicidal mindset, mm-hmm. you know, like and really heavy. Like um, I would say throughout the high school, throughout my high school years, I was hospitalized twice. And so that's something else that's not familiar mm-hmm. to my parents, you know, right, right. having to kind of relinquish your child sure. into a hospital. And then for me also, I'm like, y'all leaving me here? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Don't you love me? You're right. You like, you know. Right. So uh, it was just like a whirlwind of just so many different things that were feeding off of each other. And then like the unhealthy coping mechanism of making sure that none of that was seen Mm -hmm. as best as I could. Mm -hmm. Like it was seen here and then, but like I was in control of it in a sense. Right. Right. So, Ooh, yeah, that's that in a nutshell um, when it comes to that. And then, um, high school, like senior year-ish, I ended up actually getting expelled for my sexuality. Um, not because of any action, just because it became a fact that was known mm-hmm. three months before I was supposed to graduate. Oh. So that like, you know, just things that kind of shut me off, but I had to work through that. That was right. the first thing that I kind of just had to sit. I had to finish school online. So I was at home all day, every day by myself, basically. Mm-hmm. Parents are at work, other kids are at school. So, you know, it just put me in a place of a lot of thought. Um, and then... I did still graduate just online school, but after graduation, probably towards the end of that year, um, I was still, I was dating my, like my first girlfriend or whatnot, um, and ended up like moving out for her or not for her, but I got to kick out. That was mm-hmm. probably the, like the worst thing that I've done, but like, I'm not a bad child. Right. But that was like the one time I'm just going to like, most teenagers, they have a couple stories. Sure, like, sure. 
meh, you yeah, know, I right, think. Right. But yeah, I like snuck into her house while her parents were at work. Like that was just the dumbest decision I've ever made <laughs> in my life. And I got caught. So I was just like, yeah, you right. deserve it. You deserve right, it. Right, right. But moved out at 18. Um, so I've been living on my own since 18. And that takes a different kind of like responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like aside from the work that I was already doing to like grow out of self-harm, because that had, it was like it became an off and on further apart space. Sure, sure. It wasn't something that I made an excuse for, wanted mm-hmm. to continue to do. Right. Um, but also going into that space, it's a different type of like stressor. So I have things that I need to do. I got to make money. Mm-hmm. I got to find a, a place to stay. I can't go back to my parents, you know, because I made a decision. To right. Leave. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I like probably the end of my 18, 18 through 20. I was pretty good. Um just just working being yeah. learning what it is to like be an adult have responsibilities um I stayed with a couple of people and then ended up being able to afford like my first apartment mm-hmm. um so that was I wouldn't say they were calm years but in the area of like self-harm and, and depression in like a sulking way mm-hmm. like those were like calmer years mm-hmm. I had something else to focus on I had someone else to focus on um, and my partner at that time also dealt with it. And okay. again, I'm an infant. So right, that right. pulls me out of myself really quickly mm-hmm. and into wanting to yes. make sure you're good. Yes. You know, yes. Which can be healthy if you have a balance. Right. <laughs> if you have a balance. If you have right? a balance. Right. Because if yeah. not, like, it's still like now I'm neglecting self and it's mm-hmm. going to come back up at some yes. point. Yes. Um, which it did. I think that, you know, that that relationship which we're friends now actually uh, it just took some time Mm -hmm. apart but it just wasn't feeding either one of us at that point in time Mm -hmm. like it was we just were not on the same page Mm -hmm. like at all and so I felt like I wasn't being fed and in her own way she felt like she wasn't being fed but neither one of us are 100% aware of it because we're not willing to see outside of our perspectives sure um and so I ended up leaving that relationship right before COVID actually right before COVID um I had made like two recent new friends and so going through a breakup quarantine is coming (laughs) like my depression is coming right back up like but also got two good friends so it was just like another weird time because that was the first time in three years that I had ended up relapsing into self-harm okay as an adult it hits different I'm like I don't have my parents I'm not no one like is there to like scold me right like right it's completely my decision yeah it's not something that I can get in trouble for so it was just very weird like opening that door back up Mm. um and making the decision through quarantine I had to make the decision for myself for the first time as an adult like I need to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. like you know I like I I don't trust myself right now Mm -hmm. so making those decisions um and having to nothing but time honestly to sit in and really work through these thoughts and honestly if it weren't for um the two friends that I made at a time at that time they stayed with me a lot through Mm -hmm. quarantine or it was vice versa I was with them or they were with me um but the way in which they challenged me mm. and didn't make excuses for mm. me in the same sense and yeah. loved me though, mm-hmm. you know, like loved me through it. But like, those are the people who on the days I'm like, I'm not getting out of bed. It's like, get up. Like, you mm. know, like you yeah. need to get up or, yeah. you know, when like they would literally force me to kind of uh, speak affirmations over myself. Yeah. And I mean, force me, like, right. I'm not leaving until you say it. And like, I would mm. literally just like struggle to say it, but it started to show me like, 
wow. Like, yeah. you know, why, why do I view myself like this? Mm-hmm. And seeing people function in healthy, like self-love and self-care for the first time in my face was mm-hmm. interesting to me, but also extending themselves to me, I guess, to, to guide me into showing me what that looks like. Right. And having the patience, it takes mm-hmm. patience because Yes. Ooh, it takes patience. Yes. I, I say that a lot um, with ourselves, a lot of patience, but we got to give ourselves a lot of grace. Yes. You know, and people don't give themselves enough grace. You know, you go through, I mean, things that you went through. I mean, you think of, I mean, a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. like you said, you were bullied and that probably led to this and then the empath and then no one's going to hurt me. And you don't really know who to talk to because like you said, your parents aren't used to any of this, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. your mom and dad are probably like, what is happening right now with our middle child? Yeah. <laughs> the top four are good. These four are good. What is going on with this middle child, right? She's so beautiful. And just you just have that presence about you. But but you know, that to give ourselves grace and be like, but not a, not so much grace right. that we lay in bed and we feel sorry for ourselves yes. and we don't do the things that we need to do mm-hmm. to get better. And you know, I always say that um. God puts people in our lives for reasons. Very much and so. apparently he put those two friends in your life for a reason, for a reason. you know, yeah. not to, to know that like through the quarantine, you were going to need somebody because mm-hmm. I mean, that quarantine was rough on everybody. everybody yeah. Right. Yeah. And then just sitting at home and people watching the news and it's just devastating every day. And um, I even found myself cause I don't really watch TV much now even. And before that I wasn't, but there was nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So every day I think they called it wine with the wine or something <laughs> like that. Some of my friends would call it, but every day, all I heard was negative, negative, negative. And I like for 30 days. And finally I was like, I can't watch this. What mm-hmm. am I doing to myself? You mm-hmm. know? And that's the thing. And to have those two friends in your life. Um, now, did you take yourself to the hospital then you said mm-hmm. during COVID time? Yeah. One of them actually dropped me off. They kept my phone. They got in touch with my parents for me. And yeah, I know. And so after that is, did you start like counseling or anything like that? Or so I had been in therapy on and off all through, like from the time my parents found out I w- about my depression and me self-harming, like mm-hmm. up and through this time, like present time. Yeah. I was like off and on in therapy. Um, so I actually texted my therapist at the time and mm-hmm. let her know like, Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know if I should go to the hospital. This is where my mindset's at. These are where my mm-hmm. thoughts have been like, so she's actually the one who encouraged me to go. Um, so yeah, she, and she actually took care of all of my bills mm. during that week oh, that I was there. What a blessing. So, yeah. She's, she was really beautiful. Um, and then, yeah, I continued to see her for a little bit for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, um, but you still th- do therapy now you mm-hmm. said, right? Yeah. So I just, I took another break. Cause it's just like finding a therapist is so like, it's like, yeah. Matchmaking. It's gotta be so hard. I know. It is. <laughs> it's, it's such a process. And I just like, after a while, I started to get discouraged, but I finally this year actually found um, a therapist. And like, I just prayed beforehand. I'm like, God, like, please let me know if mm-hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. if not, I don't know that I am going to look again. And right. I'm just going to figure this out. But she's such a godsend. Like, she yeah. doesn't even know it. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm in therapy now. Starting to get more like we've passed our getting to know each other yeah. days now. So yeah. we're kind of getting deep. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Good. Well, so... And on that note, I, I like what you said, though. You prayed and God said, OK, well, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just posted last night before, like, as you lay your head on the pillow, I know life's hard. I get it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going through things. 
pray. I'm telling you, prayer works. You it know, does. you Most pray definitely. and you just keep praying and praying for, you know, be careful what you pray for. Because right. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> so, so now let's go to what's happening this weekend. Yeah. I think this is so important. You know, I love that you shared your story. Um, yeah. I love that you shared with us, you know, some of the things that you had to use to get through the things, mm-hmm. you know, um, real quick though. I want to ask your relationship with your parents is good, right? Yes. So yeah. we, me moving out weirdly enough was the like long-term, the best decision I feel like I've ever made. Yeah. Um, aside from finances. <laughs> oh yeah. But I'm just like, uh, parents, but, um, yeah, no, I like me and my mom weren't really close growing up. So mm-hmm. like we've actually formed a friendship now, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and again, even outside of my parents, I'm just not a person. I don't like to cry for my parents. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like it's maybe that was just the childhood thing and growing up and how I lived in the house, but like I'm softening. So yeah. me and my mom, especially like, it's just weird. I would not talk to her growing up at all. And I know it hurt her feelings, but like now I'll, I'll go over there, ask yeah. for advice, you know, Good. me and my dad, he calls me probably every day, just, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, that's how those changes can happen though. You know, we feel like we're, we're stuck in that. And then once we start processing and changing things change around us, you know, and that's, that's something that I've had to learn on my, a lot too. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I wish I would have learned it way back when (laughs) you're age. Now I'm just now at 57 starting to learn so much about myself, which is all good. As long as I'm healing and growing and, you know, doing all the things. So now when I went to that event a couple of weeks ago, her brother put it on and he's, um, he does, he's a, he's a musician. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's amazing. I heard they had a big thing at the Huntington center last week. Yeah. 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 Clemmy told me, he was like, Nate Hitz was there. Yeah, man, it was so good. <laughs> and it's so funny how all these people, I just like, I know this person. So now I know this person, I'm uh-huh. such a social butterfly, but it's so great meeting all the mm-hmm. people and how they are intertwined. So this Saturday, December 10th, tell them. I have an album dropping. Um, it's my first album. Um, it's titled 30 Days of Healing. Um, so it really is, oh, it's such a vulnerable piece of myself, honestly. I, I've been feeling so many emotions this past week unexpectedly. I don't know why I didn't expect it, but just leading up to it, um, oh yeah, it's I don't I don't know what else to say about it, not necessarily. So where can they find it on Saturday? It will drop on every platform. Okay. Um, every single platform. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Tidal. Where else there is? You can use it on TikTok if you wanted to. Um, but it's 10 tracks long. Um, and it really just digs into my headspace and my story from this past year. I did a lot of healing and experienced a lot of heartbreak. And so um, it's just putting that into a song and kind of it's like the the completion of a chapter almost mm. so it's really bittersweet yeah yeah i'm excited i'm gonna go Friday night <laughs> to the lunch party i i'm excited i'm excited to hear yeah. it so i hadn't really heard you sing much and then last night you went live on instagram and sang one of my most favorite songs i was like she's singing reckless love by Corey asbury so if you guys don't know that song, it's called uh, Reckless Love by Corey Asbury. Mm-hmm. And if you go on YouTube and find that song, there's a longer edition of it mm-hmm. and it's live. But Corey goes into Luke 15, 4 and explains exactly what reckless love is with Jesus leaving the 99 to go find the one. Mm-hmm. And as you said last night, you felt like you were the one. Yeah. And, and I was the one like I was that lost sheep that he went and found. So that song last night when you're singing it, but your your voice is beautiful. You're um, just you're, you're just a beautiful person. You, you really are. I'm so can I have a hug? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm a hugger. I'm just <laughs> blessed too. that God put you at that table with me. You know, I, I kind of knew that it was going to 
I was going to be sitting with someone that was going to, I was going to relate to or be a new friend. I was not prepared. Uh, see, see how that works. I'm always like, cause I'm that, like I said, I'm that social butterfly. So I just like to, I don't sit there and just not talk. I'm going to bring out what, whatever mm-hmm. we need, you know, to talk about or maybe learn about each right. other. So I'm super excited because I got a new friendship with her and her brother, Nate. <laughs> and then there's some other people there that mm-hmm. I met. So I'm just excited about that. I'm excited about your journey that you're going on, you. you know, with your music and everything like that. And um, I just know that it's going to be all great things for you. I know that you, you're a big influence to a lot of people that you probably don't even realize that you are, you know, <laughs> and I think that, that one day you'll see that more, you know, and, yeah. and it's a, the accepting of it, right? right. You know, right. when somebody part. like messages me and they say something, I'm always, I used to always be like, you know, it's kind of like when somebody says they love your hair and you're like, well, yeah, but I didn't do anything. Like, yeah. Right. And now I've learned to just embrace it. I'm like, it is, I love my hair. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I say anything bad about my hair, God should strike me with some lightning <laughs> because I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. So it's just learning those things. And I just really think that you're going to be more impactful than you know, and especially with, with the younger people, I think, you, you know, and hearing your story of hope. For so sure. thank you for getting on here with me. Yeah, so what I'll do is um, I won't be able to drop her links for her album yet because it's not here yet, but I, I will definitely, oh, she does have Wednesday. We will. That's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get all that on there tomorrow. And then that way you guys can find her and everything like that. I just want to thank you for coming over today. This thank is the first you. interview I've done in my house. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> and um, I just thank you for coming over here today, Leah. And just, um, yeah, for it's sure. exciting. For I'm sure. exciting for this journey. And I'll have her on here again one day. And like I told you earlier, you're my friend forever. For and sure. that's the way that works. So everybody, <laughs> I hope that you have a blessed day, week, month. You know, it's coming up on 2023. Give yourself some grace, but give yourself some visions and goals to get through, you know. And if you're struggling at home all by yourself, remember Aaliyah's story or remember my story mm-hmm. or I have AJ's story. Or I have Jamie's story. There's so many stories of hope on here. And I promise you, if you can just get up in the morning, take a deep breath, think of one thing you're grateful for, you can get up and get through your day. Reach out to me if you need to. You guys all have a blessed day and thank you for joining us on Hope. Bye.